Today is February the 19th, and welcome to another edition of The Mike Dominic Show. I am a person trapped in a single point in time near Gallifrey named Mike Dominic. As always, I'm bringing you the show. Now, this time, i got to be honest, I was going to hold this one till next week. Uh, so you're getting two in one week this week. It's an interview with Carl Chell, uh, the founder and CEO over at System76. He's been on the show before. Uh, great guy. You know, I'm a big fan of System76. And, uh, well, he, he kind of caught me off guard today. Um, I won't say leaked, but definitely a few uh, soft product announcements, particularly for those of you who are among the Linux faithful. Um, if you're looking for a mechanical keyboard, he's got some interesting ideas on that and something interesting coming out there. We t- also talked about his uh, new th- uh, System 76's rather new 64-core th- Thaleo uh, Ryzen Threadripper. Very cool uh, AMD architecture. And more generally about the Linux desktop. Again, this conversation did not go exactly as I had foreseen uh, because he uh, kept kind of springing very welcome, but definitely surprises on me. So I think it's a great listen. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, as always, the show is brought to you by the Madbotter Inc. We are a software development company who develops all kinds of software. So if you need something built, drop us a line at sales at themadbotter.com. You can always follow me at Dumanuko on Twitter. Uh, System76 is at System76, and Carl is on Twitter as well in the show notes. Uh, I won't take up any more time. Let's jump right in with Carl. So, Carl... Um are you trying to make me jealous of how many cores you have, or is this like a some sort of ego thing for you? Because it seems like you have a lot now. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I know that generally when we come out with a new machine, that you uh, you like to you like to buy them and just see what uh, see what you can do with them. So I thought, why not get sixty four cores going just so Michael has to buy another machine. It's true. If you released a machine a month, I would have a new computer every month. I do have a, a bad <laughs> habit of pretty much buying everything in your line. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm so te- honored that you love our products. Um, we put a lot of heart and soul into them. Hey, I'm honored that I can get desktop Linux out of the box that works. So mm-hmm. it's all good. So, yeah, let's talk about this. The new Thaleo is a 64-core Ryzen machine. Hey. Right. W- what's What's going on with that? Who's using that? Well, um, what we're what we're finding is a lot of customers that are working in different computer science fields, um, uh, uh, things like um, genome sequencing, uh, anything CPU compute. Which there's a lot of CPU compute heavy workloads on um, uh, in computer science, but uh, bioinformatics, um, uh, genetics, um, uh, and then when you go beyond that field, you get into rendering, which is also a lot of times um, a lot of people suspect that that happens on GPUs, but a lot of rendering um, for images or, or motion pictures or other things um, occurs on CPUs as well. So so uh, both AMD and and what we're seeing is that for these massive 64-core processors, uh, they reduce the amount of time that's necessary to render big scenes or big images considerably, which means you can get more done in less time. So it's, uh, you know, it adds a lot of value for those customers. Uh, the examples are... Blender, uh, anything that comes out of Blender, any imagery, uh, you know, those uh, those workloads are a fraction of the time on this Threadripper. And I got the chance to work on them myself, um, which is a lot of fun and uh, really challenging because the, the thermal load is pretty heavy. It's 280 watts of, of thermal oh. uh, you know, oh, wow. to dissipate. So that's there's a lot of work there. Um, 
and you know, when when it comes to that, if if your CPU is throttling and the, then you're not getting the full use of that four thousand dollar CPU, so so your your system vendor has to really put the engineering and the work in to make it make that investment worthwhile. But I mean, we with these massive we have these, with these examples of things you can do with this processor um, so that people could try to do them at home on their own, on their own computer, just get a feel for how fast this thing is. And it, um, it really shines. I mean, I tried one of these, these, this image effect on my Galago laptop, my Galago Pro. And after about 10 minutes, I went and took a shower and it came back and it just, it still wasn't done. And uh, this Threadripper was doing it in 40 seconds. It's, it's incredible. Are you seeing a movement towards Linux-powered machines for these type of workloads rather than say, I mean, obviously the new Mac Pro is out and um, I'm sure HP would sell some massive Windows machines, though I don't know a whole lot about that. Well, there's two parts to this, this particular story. So the Windows kernel scheduler does not work well above 32 cores. Oh, that'll do it. <clears throat> so so this the 64-core Threadripper is not useful on Windows. This is a Linux. This is a Linux CPU product, and the second uh, side of that, I think, the first part of your question was whether our customers were asking, and we actually have had customers that knew about this processor coming and waited to make their acquisitions until it was released. So yeah, there, the demand was there from the beginning, and um, and it's a uniquely Linux SKU. Yeah, that's incredible. I just kind of want to drill into that a little bit. So you know, I've been using desktop Linux for a while, and I've you know, in the Ubuntu 9.10 days, I was back and forth in and out of it. Um, and I'm using actually a failure myself as my day-to-day machine. Not not as impressive as yours, of course, now. So I'm, I'm a little jealous. It's okay. okay. I only have eight cores. Uh, but even that new 16-core um, Threadripper 3950X, that's an incredible processor. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, they're all, I mean, the Ryzen processors actually are amazing, all of them, all the Threadrippers. But... It seems like we're transitioning almost from a, from a conversation in the past where it was, I need to do this workload. Now, what are the concessions I can make to make it work on a Linux machine? Now, it, it, just from what you said about the, well, the core count, Linux is actually the first class for some of these words, meaning you have to make concessions to go to another platform. Is that what you're seeing? Clients coming to you saying, we want Linux first? Well, you're right. This uh, this was um, a unique opportunity that we didn't anticipate. Actually, um, we knew the 64 core Threadripper was coming, but about three weeks before its release, three or four weeks, AMD came to us and said, um, uh, "We expect this to be a Linux specific SKU for these various reasons, and you guys are, you know, the you know, the top of the line when it comes to Linux workstations." So they wanted to partner with us for this launch. And uh, we were uh, uniquely positioned to do, take advantage of the product because we're because of our position in the Linux uh, desktop area. So we worked with AMD. They they sent us um, they sent us processors, which is always helpful for development. Uh, so we had pre production processors, uh, uh, and like I said, it was only a few weeks beforehand. So we kind of shifted our gears once we realized that this was going to be um, a unique opportunity that that uh, where this product's most use was going to be for our customer base. So we shifted our gears, both engineering and marketing wise and built a campaign to launch with AMD, as well as um, invested heavily in the engineering to ensure that we would get the best performance possible and be able to launch on day zero with AMD. So this was a launch with System76 and AMD, first that we've done anything like that. And I think that certainly is news for the Linux community. It's, it's a first. 
Yeah, that is, that's super impressive. And it sounds like you guys had a, quite the uh, uh, kind of the, the scrum there to get that, you know, up and out for day one. Yeah, uh, we we thought of it as, you know, your typical release. And yeah, 64 cores is special, but um, yeah, it didn't really hit home until AMD wanted to partner on the release. Awesome. So taking a step back then, what, I mean, I hate this phrase, but it almost feels like we could not be, quote, the year of the Linux desktop, but even my customers are more and more asking for the software we developed for them to be basically Linux systems. If it's not web, it's Linux, right? And if it's web, it's usually Linux and they just don't know. Um, are, are you seeing the same thing with your customers where really it's, it's a conversation about parity is now there in terms of workloads, but they just need, I want some more specialized, but maybe more, 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 uh, yeah, I will say specialized, more specialized type machines and platforms that Linux can provide that maybe Windows would struggle for legacy reasons that, that you mentioned. Right. Um, there's both um, specialty, which um, in a lot of ways, in a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways is only possible on Linux. Um, and then there's, uh, there's the things that are happening in the cloud, which are all occurring on Linux, or at least the vast majority. And um, if you're working, you want to be able to work across both environments, your local environment and the cloud environments naturally and without layers of abstraction. And the only way to do that is using a uh, is using Linux. And and we talk about Linux as being one thing, but the beauty of Linux is that it's many things or anything that you want it to be. So it's not like you're locked in when you're using Windows. It's just going to, it's never going to be anything more than Windows. Linux can be anything. So you have the benefit of this single development environment that's, uh, that, that's available in the cloud and available locally, um, but without the lock-in of a particular, of a particular software vendor. Right. And that's a fair point too. So, you know, my audience is mostly software developers, folks like that. And if I had to gamble, a lot of them are on Apple, right? They're on, they're, you know, they were issued MacBooks as workstations. What would you say to someone like that? Let's say you're, you know, a couple years experience. You're really interested in coming over to Linux because maybe you're unhappy with broken keyboards, right? I'll take the low blow. I know you will. Or maybe you want ports, whatever. I'll, I, I'll take the low shots for you, Carl. What would you say to that person? Because, you know, in the conversations I've been having, uh, outside of like, you know, folks I know through the JB community and stuff like that, there's still a ton of misconception, a ton of FUD out there that, you know, Linux is great on the server, but folks still think, you know, the UI is kind of dodgy, which is just not true. Right? Yeah. You know, I think we've had, so right, we, as we've grown, uh, we've had people come onto our team that were, that started out. Uh, using Macs, that, that that's what they were used to because they worked in a web development shop or on a web development team where that was just, that, that was what the standard was. And a few years ago, I think it started when Apple removed the escape key. But it became apparent to those users that Apple was no longer thinking about engineers when they developed products. Uh, they were thinking about um, much more general computing. For, for us, um, computer science, software engineering, these fields and these professionals and the work that they're doing is what we think about every day. And we don't want to be Apple and we don't want to be Dell. We don't want to be general, uh, you know, a general 
Sure. Platform. We want to uh, we want to design the best products for people that use their their computers to create things. So I think um, I think the the combination of of seeing Apple um, kind of shift away from from the community that we we serve, um, our focus, and the fact that they're deploying to Linux anyway, so they're familiar with the command line, they're familiar with the tools, um, uh, and now instead of using you know something to abstract what you're doing in up in the cloud, you're now doing it natively. It actually is much easier to do development on on Pop OS and deploy to to Ubuntu or or anywhere else, um, anywhere else in the cloud. So altogether, it's a hard argument to make to use Mac anymore. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, especially if you're doing containerized deployment, Docker, Kubernetes, anything like that. Um, what and, and just uh, okay. So you're building engineering workstations, but you had mentioned Blender, right? Obviously, you have graphics artists. Now, I am not a graphics artist, so I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of lot of hate tweets for this one. But what do they call it? Um, 3D visual effects? Is that right? The, I forgot the name of the program. Not um, there's another one, but it doesn't matter. Let's just use Blender for. Example. I think Maya is the the big one. Maya, thank you. Competes with Blender. Yeah. So, are you are you thinking about building different SKUs for different workflows? Obviously, you can upgrade downgrade power and all that. That's what I'm saying. Or is it more? Oh, go ahead, sir. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, with respect to that, when we're now that we are designing hardware in house and we're manufacturing it in house as well, uh, we we get to take a different approach to the the way that we're designing things. So, so right now we're working on a custom keyboard that's specifically designed to. Well, it can be a general keyboard, but. Uh, it's designed to really work well for engineers. So some of the keys are, are moved into different places, and it's also designed to work well. It's to work in harmony with Pop! OS, especially the tiling and shell, the tiling shell work that we're doing right now, because you can navigate throughout your desktop with what we're building just with your keyboard without ever touching your mouse. We want to move some keys around and change things a bit. So we're building a keyboard that will work really well with Pop! And it's configurable, so you can move keys around um, if uh, if you're what you're working on or how you're working. Maybe maybe you want more function layers because you need to access things regularly in Blender that just aren't available, and and mousing around to them takes longer than using a function layer. So we'll have a configurable uh, a configurator where you can modify function layers and you can move function keys to put them. Like maybe you want the function key on your caps lock because you never use caps lock. So you have a function key that that's that side. Now you have a new layer, so you can access things that you commonly use in Blender, for instance. So engineering is one side of it, but um, but just uh, tools that are are designed for people using their computer to build things. That means we we're not sacrificing for the lowest common denominator. We're not thinking about um, what is what it means to like, browsing the web is too simple on a phone or a Chromebook. That's not a challenging task. That's not what our users or our customers are doing. Um, how can we make the computer better for these challenging tasks where there's lots of different ways that you interact with the computer? Now, now, one Carl, that's the first I heard of this keyboard. Was that a was that an intentional leak? Oh well, we've been working on it for a while, and I tweet about it every once in a while. But uh, oh, I must have talked about it in in a bit more depth. But yeah, we we've so, been working on it for a couple of months now. And when you, when you say you can move around the keys, are we talking like like I'm using a uh, WSD code keyboard? 
yeah. been using for, for years now. Right. Is that what we're talking like a mechanical like kind of the kind of deal here? Right. Yeah, it's a, a mechanical keyboard, but with some unique design uh, characteristics. So things can move around anywhere or really easily anywhere on the keyboard and be programmed, reprogrammed easily uh, with an application. Well, I guess I'll just send you my credit card number now. So that sounds, I, no, that sounds really interesting. I've been using it for a few weeks and I've fallen in love with this, the prototype nice. itself already. So now are you building that there in your factory? Cause I, I, I've heard the factory before it's, you're at least assembling everything on site these days uh, in terms of Thaleo and possibly the keyboard. Right. We're taking uh, uh, raw materials and cutting down aluminum. Uh, we're bending it, painting it. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing everything here. We're not doing PCBs, but um, for the keyboard, we wouldn't make the PCBs. We might put the uh, put the switches on the keyboard. We might do that here instead of doing that Interesting. at the Interesting. Uh, uh, at the PCB factory. So uh, uh, I, I, feel free to just not answer the question. Are we talking like MX Brown, MX Blue? What kind of is there a choice? So far, uh, we're really liking Kale, um, Jade, and Royals. Okay. Okay, so not you're going okay, you're going Kale not sure. Okay. Yeah, we've been looking at those too, and that's uh, that's where we're leaning at the moment. No, that's super cool. So is there anything I should have asked you about either desktop Linux going into this new year or the uh, 64 core thing in particular that I just didn't think of? Well, um, I think one of the things that's really fascinating um, about the 64 core Threadripper is the, the amount of effort that was necessary to, to cool it effectively. Because there's also, there's another thing that I've found in computer cooling is that there's, there's this impression that liquid cooling is the most effective method of cooling. And okay. um, we found that not to be the case at all. And, uh, and so it's, it's one of those things that uh, like over time, we've always had some kind of like myth that we have to bust when we're doing something that's a little bit different. And liquid cooling is one of those. Uh, you know, uh, some things I've heard are like, uh, you know, I'm surprised that you're getting that done with air cooling. But actually liquid cooling is air cooling as well because you use fans to move the heat off the radiator. And if you don't use fans to do that, it's not effective at all because all the heat is, uh, you're circulating the same right. temperature of liquid. Just trapped. Right, it's trapped. So you're using air in the same way that we're using air for the Thaleo, mass, or, uh, Thaleo major Threadripper cooling, except we're using heat pipes and heat fans to pull it off. And the reason we're doing this is because we found it more effective to use heat pipes uh, versus a pump and a radiator. We also found it to be more compact and quieter and more reliable. We used to offer liquid cooling and we had to RMA and replace those liquid coolers all the time because all the time because the pumps died. Oh, and wow. we don't have to do that with heat pipes. So what we're doing is ducting air in from the side, um, pulling it across the heat pipes and with the with a curved ducts give the most amount of airflow possible pushing it through and then pulling it out on the other side. And there's also vents on the bottom of that duct so that the GPU at that very tail end of that can radiate some heat out and keep its, its thermal, uh, keep within its thermal range as well. Uh, so it, even though they're, they're separated, which makes them much more efficient, um, there's also some shared thermal, uh, uh, thermal exchange that occurs between the GPU and the, the top GPU at least and the CPU. So that's, uh, that's been my work over the last four or five weeks and uh, it's been really fascinating things that you wouldn't expect uh like we had originally four fan three fans in major 
uh, a 140 millimeter and two 120 millimeter fans. And what we found is that one of those 120 millimeter fans created too much air turbulence and actually reduced the amount of thermal performance. So by removing one fan, reducing the amount of turbulence and directing the airflow more consciously, uh, we, we were able to create a much more uh, performance system. So yes, yeah, interesting, uh, yeah, interesting things with thermal. That just scratches the surface because 280 watts, well, that's that's challenging. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. But right now, uh, I'm working, we have another product. If you'd like another, uh, yeah, another slip that's coming coming in. I love it. We have another Thaleo coming called Thaleo Mega. So You're we kidding. have Thaleo, Thaleo Major, Mega, and Massive. Mega is coming in between Major and, and Massive. And uh, that's a quad GPU system. So that's a thousand plus watts of thermal energy that has to be uh, and thermal heat that has to be managed. So while Threadripper was challenging, this one has been even more challenging, but I, I think, uh, I think just this week we nailed it where all four GPUs are running at full performance without throttling consistently. Um, so, uh, so really excited about our new manufacturing capabilities and design and engineering capabilities really showing results for our customers They'll, they're going to be able to buy high-end machines that just weren't available to anyone before um, that are performing at, at better um, performing at higher performance um, than than anything that they've been able to buy before but still at our competitive um, competitive prices well, that's great so that's called the alien mega so i'm mega correct right mega okay so i'm looking at the uh the page here because now now you've got me thinking again so major we're talking Core X or Threadripper. Threadripper. I'm partial to AMD. Yep, uh, but I'm not going to start that fight with people. Massive. We're talking Xeon. So is the Mega going to also be Threadripper? It's going to yeah, it'll be Threadripper. We're we're considering um, Core X as well. Um, okay. Uh, Threadripper for sure. Core X is a maybe, or that might be a bit down the road. Okay. Yeah, and I'm an AMD partisan, so I, I yeah, I'm I'm well with you on the Threadripper train. All right, so Carl, this was a chock full of information today and uh, very expensive for me. So same question I always ask, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you using day to day? Is it still the Galago? I'm still using the Galago. Um, I, have, I have two Galagos. I'm, I really want two Thaleos. Um, the only reason I don't have a Thaleo is because I want to build it myself and I haven't had time to build my own. Nice. <laughs> as absurd as that is, that's uh, that's the only reason I don't have it at home. Oh, we have more stuff coming with Thaleo too. Yeah, there's more uh, stuff. Yeah, so so the Thaleo line is in the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to launch new colors, so I'm pretty excited about that too. Purple, purple. <laughs> Got to launch purple. At least. <laughs> <laughs> What's the 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 system color will be the the same, but we're going to uh, we're going to use stained woods to bring in. Oh, interesting. Some more color that's quite some of they're they're quite striking. So I'm pretty excited about that too. That's but super yeah. cool. So uh, so that's uh, yeah. I'm using Galago and Thaleo, and I'm using right now I'm on Pop nineteen ten, but um, but I have all of our tiling work in. Which if you're interested in in coming along for the ride, if you look at uh, GitHub.com/pop-os and look for the shell repository, that. Um, uh, you can see what we're doing with automatic tiling in, in pop. And this last week it's made quite a few leaps. Uh, 
it's uh, quite quite impressive. I'm excited about where it's going. No, that sounds great. Yeah, I've uh, I've been looking for a good tiling system, and I run Pop OS day to day, so that, that would yeah. be actually very we're useful. To, yeah, we're trying to marry, you know, the the benefits of tiling, which I, I love i3 and I love Sway. I think they're fantastic, but but do it in like I call that I consider that strict tiling uh, where things are are you know, by and large. Uh, defined and we're trying to do kind of a, a looser interpretation of what tiling is but with the same benefits and so far it's looking pretty good i think we're going to pull it off makes a ton of sense all right carl thank you for coming on and uh people get your wallets ready there's just so much new stuff coming out from system 76 great well thanks for having me appreciate it always a pleasure hope to talk to you soon all right